All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here. Uh, I know you're still in quarantine. I know you're all on lockdown. And as promised, I want to keep turning these podcasts out, churning them out for you. Any questions, comments, concerns, email, send it to my Instagram, uh, Mick Thomas Comedy. Joining me today, tonight, for this extra episode is my good buddy, Mr. Dan Barry. All right, Dan. Hey. You might want to bring that up a little bit. I don't know you if might, I want to. You might to. want to. You I'm holding, want. so so Mick <laughs> has uh, a big audio tech engineer that Mick Thomas is. I'm holding a lavalier on a chopstick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the, what the lavalier is. It's one of those little lapel microphones that you hide on, like, you right. know, uh, people when they're on TV. And so now I'm... Holding That's, my lapel microphone via a chopstick that he no doubt has been reusing. It's not like this is. Uh, well, it is. This is the second episode with this system because I can't. I usually do the podcast by myself, as you know, but I don't. I don't have anybody over the studio. Did you lice all this chopstick? I did actually. I'm very, very clean. Oh, the last guy, uh, Mike Calcagno, was very, was uh, very clean. I made sure Jeez when Louise. he came over. Um, <laughs> So how are you doing, man? How's the lockdown treating you? Oh, I'm miserable. <laughs> I know. I'm an actual extrovert, right? So I'm somebody who like needs to go out and have... Are you really? I thought you'd be the opposite. No, so like I like... Um, so I travel about 80% of a year for okay. work and for shows and for everything else. And uh, so I like my like week or two home, but then I need to be on the road. Okay. And all of my road stuff has been canceled for the foreseeable future, like at least until June. And I'm freaking out. So um, I, I re I clean my garage. I redid this entire room. <laughs> like I can't even describe to you. Like I bought floating shelves that I have to find some place to put in this room. Like this is yeah. This is a time for productivity, though. I think you know instead of uh, people complaining, which you should, by the way. It's fucking. It's horrendous, right? It's fucking horrendous. We were talking about that earlier about how people's uh, finances are going to get hit. But from a comics point of view. Uh, now you're also uh, a very, very established professional uh, wrestler. I, yeah, yeah, professional right? wrestler. Established would be a loose word to <laughs> use. But yes, but you got a huge fan base, man. I have a fan base. I got a huge fan base. Fan base, yes. But I, I think this is the time for everybody in the creative world, uh, wrestling, comedy. You're also a very, very funny stand-up comic. Um, I think it's if you're not being creative of some sort, then you need to. Then you need to quit what you were doing. I think, but I think there needs to be, uh, you know, like this is, I'm going to use the word traumatic, but I don't, All right. it's not necessarily like, it's not, it's not to the extent that when people, when you hear the word traumatic, people almost always associate it with like some horrible event. Right. But this is traumatic for people who, whose lives are based around not only uh, financially being supported by performance, but then like also the physical art of performing. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know for me, like my biggest thing is right now, I feel like I um, have nothing to do. And I don't, I have things to do. It's not that I don't, but I feel like I have nothing to do. And that's traumatizing to me to the extent that like, you know, I think it took me a few days to get into this mode of like, yeah, all right, you got to buckle down now. You got to actually get your shit together and, you know, uh, start putting stuff together. Like once the, the coronavirus thing broke out, uh, I had a story. I just, uh, I, I was talking to Mike Tui, is another comedian out here, um, about how the idea, like, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just went on stage for six minutes and started talking. Okay. And that helped me kind of get over, because I think you knew on Wednesday, like, how depressed I was. Yeah. Um, when I was, I was supposed to go to 
Ireland for five shows and they all got canceled and the flight got canceled. And I found out at nine o'clock when Donald Trump made the announcement that we couldn't get back from Europe and there was a whole You're thing. the first part. You know what I was watching with my son? I was watching Lego Masters. <laughs> I love that show. It seems like a good show. I've never actually watched it. it have you seen the clips for it? Yes. Will yeah, Arn- yeah, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable because my son's a Lego freak, right? So it's something he's really into and it's a show that finally that he is finally has a TV show based on his passion right so I watch Lego Masters with my son every week and the end and who got sent home it's a typical every week someone gets sent home bullshit right and he got imagine not being good enough with Legos that like kids toy like oh that was the the horrific pirate ship where's the where's the mast you dipshit get the fuck out of here you're going home (laughs) but the uh but what happened was it cut off. I went, uh-oh, and in comes Donald Trump. Oh, man. Right? And then you're the first person I thought of when he said that. <laughs> it's, it's, and you and you go, you're on the plane. And I'm not even going to read out the text message, but t- tell me what, like, because we only really only spoke about this through text. I still haven't got the full story of this. So, all right. So, I'll break it down for you. So, I had um, three comedy shows, two wrestling shows in Dublin this past weekend that were scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to fly out Wednesday night, get in Thursday morning, uh, and then just kind of relax, do my shows, etc. The flight was at 8.20. That's what it was scheduled for. But a flight from Santiago, Chile was pushed back. So I ended up boarding at 8.20. I happened to have status uh, at airlines, so I sat in the good section of right, the plane. Right, you fly so much. I, right? fly, I literally fly every time. week. Yeah, um, yeah. So... I was in the good section of the plane. I felt like a pretty big shot, like no big deal. I put on my noise-canceling headphones, and I started watching Frozen 2 because I'm an adult. And that's How a, shit is that movie? Uh, honestly. Oh, dog shit. I watched I, never, I watched up to the song Into the Unknown, and that's a great song. She nails it on that one song. And then after that, uh, I didn't see anything else. Way too many songs in that movie. Unnecessary, way too long. I'm, right. I'm, 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 they, I'm, you know me. I'm a, I got a Disney tattoo. I'm a hu- As you are, a huge Disney yeah. fan. Um and I and I am very biased. Like I very rarely give Disney the thumbs down. This movie was dog shit. Right. I think that the they didn't realize the success Frozen would have, and then they had to make Frozen two. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's like the jagged little pill, right? <laughs> Alanis Morthy had to follow her jagged little pill. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of good songs in there. Like that. Anyway, so so anywho, so I'm on the plane. I have my headphones on. Into the Unknown's playing. Uh, great. Still, I still think a great song. Sure. Um, just kind of enjoying it, trying to figure out what's going on. All of a sudden, the captain comes on, and I don't mean to steal your your voice, but uh, he goes, uh, <laughs> "Folks, uh, at this moment, I think you know more than we do." And I was like, "That's a weird way to start a sentence." So I took my headphones off to like look around to see what was going on to like maybe ask the person next to me. And as I turned around, mayhem. Now, were there many people on the flight? Yeah, it was sold out. Okay. It was sold out. It was sold out in that moment. Uh, what airline was it? Delta. Want to say? Delta, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sitting there. I'm looking around, and people are pulling their bags off the thing. And so I go to my phone, and I turn off airplane mode. I had text from you. I had text from my mom, my brothers. Like, everyone I've ever met sent me a message <laughs> like, are you on the fucking plane? Because the door closed that plane at 9 o'clock. And then we just hadn't left. You hadn't pulled out. Hadn't pulled out okay. yet. Okay. And I was kind of like, oh, I guess that they're still doing something or loading the plane or like whatever. And I was kind of ignoring it because uh, I'd also been drinking because it was an overnight <laughs> flight. 
You know, I'm on a flight that's landing me at 7 a.m. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. to drink so I can fall asleep on this fucking plane. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, whatever. I read through. And all of a sudden, I see, start seeing the messages. And somebody said, Donald Trump says you can't get home from Europe. You can only get home from the U.K. So initially, people started sending me messages like, well, if you can get to the U.K., you can get home. But that doesn't actually help. Because yeah, yeah. it's not impossible to get from Ireland to the U.K., but a lot now, of people, a lot of people do not to cut you off. A lot of people think that Ireland is the UK. That's the thing. Is right? I think a that, lot of people think that when it's really not. I think I think if if I can be frank, I'm not trying to be. I'm not going to make this political. Okay. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump thought Ireland was the UK, <laughs> which is why he said what he said. Um, because he he failed to mention that Ireland was not on that list. Right. right. He only said the Europe Europe can't come over. He said uh, if you're in Europe, you can't come home. Uh, and if you're uh, in the UK, you can. So people are like, oh, good, the UK, you can come home. So they're like, oh, you can just fly to the UK and then you'll be able to get home. And it's like, well, that doesn't actually help. Almost now, drive up to Belfast. Yeah. Well, th- th- there's no, there was no, no direct airport, flight. You can take the ferry. Across. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, take yeah. the ferry over. There's ways to get over to, to, right. uh, to England. But the problem is now I'm incurring more costs. Right? Sure. And I'm getting this information thrown at me. And the lady on, from Delta comes on and she literally walks through the, the cabin and goes, Ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you if you're going to be able to get home, but if you're not staying on the plane, you have to get off. That's exactly what she said to me. Jesus. And I'm just staring at her like, wait, can you just walk in and say that? Like, I don't know that. <laughs> so I had to make a split decision. So because I have status at Delta, I'm able to, like, change my flight to the next day, which is what I do. I initially change it to Friday, uh, Thursday, okay. I mean. Grab my bag. Okay. And so I, how did you change the flight? You did it on your phone? Or my, it automatically would do it. Like, if okay. you have status because you want to remain on this flight, I say change, okay. and it moves me to the next flight. So... I go to get off and I grab my overhead and I'm like, oh, I'm going to leave. I have like uh, two bags in stowage also, so I have to go collect those. So they go, oh, we can't just have you walk off the plane. You have to get in line. And I'm like, what do you mean you have to get in line? Like, we have to check you off the plane so we know how many souls are on board. And I'm like, souls? Why did we say the word souls? Yeah, no. I, know, you know, I know that's what they say, but like in that moment, you're like, why did you just say souls? You're not the pilot. You're not talking to air control. You're talking to, where are we going that I don't know that we're referring to souls now? You're talking, you're talking to a guy wearing a shining t-shirt and sweatpants and socks and sandals because he wanted to sleep on the fucking plane. Like, I wasn't... So I, I have not soul status. Yeah, I have no soul. I'm a comedian. It's gone. It's left my body. So I walk and we get in the line, right? And it's like it's it's a, a decent line because of the 240 seats or whatever it was, right? 130 people got off. Fuck. Because they didn't know they were going to get home, and that's the concern, right? So I'm number like 12 on this line because I was like, well, I'm getting off the plane. I just got off the plane. Sure. Some woman. You had no bags to check, right? Just- I had two check bags, but I had one bag over my head, which was like I. It's uh. So like, whenever you travel for a show, you carry you carry on your show clothes, oh, and then okay. you stow anything else. Sure. So I carried on all my show clothes, and then all my other stuff was stowed because that's my theory of how I should travel. Okay. So. I'm standing there and there's like a 65-year-old, like two days from retirement Delta employee who's literally <laughs> just trying to like organize the line on the jet bridge now because the jet bridge is where they don't want people sitting on the plane. They're trying to get people off the plane so they can get the plane off right, the, right. The, on, in the air, basically. This woman comes off and she is livid. How old is she? She's, uh, I'm going to call her Karen. Okay. You know immediately yep. what this woman looks like yep. when I say that. White woman. White woman, 40, blonde maybe. hair with that little yeah. bob thing wow. that they do. So anyway, she starts going like, this is unfucking believable And she's like finger pointing. And she's yelling at this 65-year-old woman. So 
Here's the thing. I completely understand somebody being upset in this moment. Of I generally do. I don't understand someone being upset with a Delta employee. Okay. Delta did not make that call. Delta found out when we found out, which is what all the airlines said was, hey, like we found out the minute he said it. We didn't even know right. when we booked the flight. So um, woman behind her goes, ma'am, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. And the lady, Karen, turns around and goes, if I wanted you to answer the question, I w- if I wanted you to speak, I would have asked you the fucking question. And she turned around. All right. So now... Uh, <laughs> And Nick, Nick knows where this is going because he knows who I am. A drunk, a, drunk, a, a mildly <laughs> inebriated, and when I say mildly, uh, uh, an inebriated Dan Barry just started <laughs> off nice. I went, hey, get in the back of the line. That's all I said because I wasn't going to try. And So she starts this whole like, I don't need to hear it from you. So right, you get the right, finger right, pointing. Right. So I said, lady, you are an insignificant nobody. Get in the back of the fucking line. None of us are going to Ireland. So now the people around me are getting like really uncomfortable, right? Like it's very stressful. It's but, very But they're secretly going, fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like we yes. like we like the Jim Jefferson, like we live in a society. Yeah. <laughs> You're a member of the society. We're not fucking animals. You're not fucking animals. So I I say that and she looks at me. And like with this whole like super Long Island, like finger pointing, like right now I am the most important person on this fucking plane. That's exactly what she said to me. So one, uh, drunk me is like, you're not important at all. But then like drunk me is also like, we're not even on the plane anymore. (laughs) We're on the jet bridge. You're not (laughs) not important on your own plane. Yeah, yeah, you're (laughs) So my response uh, verbatim. Is lady, you could die on Christmas, and your family would step over your body to open their presents. <laughs> so this becomes a thing. This becomes you can see like people turn around. Like first off, how did this drunk piece of shit say that and not stutter? Because I stutter normally. We're professional insulters, man. Yeah. You can't. You will never go there. Was the with us. <laughs> there was never like I will find that one thing that you know. <laughs> In your heart of hearts, hurts your feelings when people mention it, and it's going to come out. <laughs> I've once said to somebody who was like a beautiful woman, I said, it looks like your toes are trying to eat your toe- toenails, <laughs> and she never wore sandals around me again. Like there's Or probably ever. Ever. She probably cut her toes off. So, Fucking hell. So I say this to a woman, and she looks at me, and this is how you, I feel like you're going to appreciate this. Mm-hmm. She looks at me and goes... Fuck you, which means she lost. Right, she right, lost. Right. That's I it. I got you, nothing else. You literally lost this entire fight. So then she walks to the back of the line. In my head, I'm like conquering hero. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> gonna applaud. Yeah, I feel like this is the moment. Like this is the moment. Like everyone's like, "Fuck yeah, Dan! Thanks for taking out Karen." So I walk up to the front of the Delta line. I'm not being checked off the plane. The 65 year old lady is there, and me being me, it's like you know, I'm real sorry about before. And she just looked at me like I was a monster because in my head I forgot that I'm a 220 pound professional wrestler who's fucking drunk, telling ruining this woman's Christmas. Like it does none of that matters to me. So. So I, I start walking to the back of the jet bridge and Karen's at the end of the line and she's like furiously texting. And the funny thing I was saying to her is like, I was saying, it's like after I said the, the Christmas line, like she went first, her initial response was like, <laughs> and like shaking her head like she was getting a shit kicked out of her by a ghost. So I pictured her, I pictured her just texting like the ghost's manager to get him right, fired right. or whatever. And she's just texting like furiously. 
And I walk up and I'm like, I have to say something. I'm like, but you're not going to say something mean. Sure. I'm, I'm over it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally went, hey, have a blessed day. And then she looked, you too. And she goes, oh, what the fuck? Because she realized you said it. <laughs> Man, what a dime. So I, I just walked. I ended up, uh, I was there like almost one in the morning waiting for my bags. But that was my... Uh, that's fucking horrendous. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time. Are you glad you got off the plane? Or um, aren't some people coming back? Or here's my dilemma, and this is uh, true of. So I feel like you can appreciate this. Yeah. Um, and some people, some people are independent contractor, not. You can understand what I'm saying right now. There's an investment, right? Yeah. So my initial investment for Ireland was shirts. It was hotel stay. Like I, mm-hmm. what happens for me is I put them up. And then I get reimbursed. And that's just the way it works for me right. because it's way easier than being like, hey, can you let me know what my flight plan is like a week before the show? Like I'm someone who needs to know the minute I'm booked on the show what my flight right. plan is. So I'm like, I'll book it. You guys pay me back. We'll be fine. So as I'm doing – so by not going, I save myself three quarters of my expenses. Right. Which saves me in the long run, right? Sure, I was going to get reimbursed. But if the shows had been canceled – which they, I wa- which they did end up getting did canceled. Get canceled. All of them got canceled. Since they were canceled, I would have not been reimbursed. I would have just been eating it in Ireland right now. I would have lost all that money. And no fault to the promoter. I'm not going to blame a promoter for not paying me for my hotel stay. They don't have money coming in either. They're not recouping their losses. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Like, um, I really uh, I ended up picking up shows for the weekend, so I felt okay about it. Comedy I got or wrestling? comedy. comedy um, okay. So Thursday, I did a show Thursday in McGuire's, and uh, I told that exact story. I just walked on stage and started telling the story, and it was like six minutes of me just kind of going at the, you know. I've now trimmed it down to a point, but like me ranting, I think helped a lot of people who were sort of uncomfortable about the coronavirus and who think it was going to ruin yeah. their weekend and I'm like no no fuck you I should have been in Dublin and it started off because I said I'm like I should have supposed to be in Dublin this this week and this guy goes yeah I see you're not and I was like oh fuck you buddy you're going to get it so I, I think I, I yelled at him like yeah no I'm in Bohemia raising money for your shitty lacrosse team and he like <laughs> they all started laughing and it, but it was all started laughing it yeah, was great yeah, yeah. I, I happened to say it in such a way that people didn't write off write me off the stage but I mean, I'm happy I'm home because the show's end up being canceled. Ireland ended up being added to the mm-hmm. no-fly list. It ends up becoming a bigger problem. Um, I, if I had been stuck there for 30 days, I would have lost my job. I would have lost yeah, a lot. Man. And uh, you just it's considered vacation, really, right? Yeah, right. they would have said you're stuff. taking your time off, which yeah, yeah. I can't even fault them because it's like if I can't sure. work, you know what I mean? Um, they would have probably worked out a deal with me. They probably would have done something nice for me. Like, you know, it's not they understand. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... I went on my own time, on my own time to Ireland to work. I can't, wasn't able to come back. You know what I mean? It just, it sucked because in that moment, like the level of depression I felt by canceling that show, I yeah. couldn't even break into words. Like I literally was like, I went and got a milkshake from Shake Shack because I'm a fat fuck. But I, I literally refused. I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I couldn't cope with it. And my family, of course, like, it's a good thing you're home. It's like, yeah, is it? Like, New York's way worse than Ireland was. I should have just brought my computer to Ireland and just stayed there yeah. for a month. And I then had the- friends and family to put you up. But um, <clears throat> but the way it is, though, too, is like with being a comedian. Uh, and this is, my, this is my point, too, what I was saying earlier, is that if you guys are not, if you're, the problem is our creativity has been, has been put on hold, right? Well, the creativity is something we can do. Like we're doing this now, extra episodes of the podcast. And I'm so glad I'm doing it instead of one a week. 
because now I know I, when my podcast the format was never have a guest yeah. it was just me let me bang out some stuff let me work on my rhythm and how I talk and how I communicate my stage presence got a lot better since I started doing this podcast but now I said you know let me go out and give something else back to the people and I, and I think also as for, I know you're in the same boat as me I don't want to go too much into it in this episode because I'm going to talk to someone else down the line about like how bad you suffer from depression really bad as, yeah. well, as well as I do and it's not a boohoo moment everybody out there so yeah I mean look there are people that have it I happen to have it I deal with it in my ways I have you know I, the joke is I drink but that's, that's not why I, you of course know, uh, for me I just eat when I'm depressed that's really kind of like my biggest one but like for me uh, you know depression is serious but this is a way of these type of things are ways of kind of getting out of that funk right. and like um, even me making fun of the flight the Delta flight like if, if you knew how upset I was in that exact moment like this I can't imagine my response right now would make it seem like I wasn't but like the reason I was yelling at that woman was also as a result of right, my right. frustration that I don't get to go to Ireland anymore and we deflect we deflect it in other ways too and 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 the problem i think the problem too is with if you stump our creativity then if we can create or if we can entertain then i think our self-worth drops for right? me to be on stage because if i can't make a room full of people laugh in my head in my fucked up head well who am i good for yeah who am i good like what that's all i have in like and people and i've had this conversation before with people and um <clears throat> And if they've uh, they've argued with me, like I've female comedians, right? And they've given me the stink eye. I'm not going to mention fucking names, but I remember saying in a conversation one time that I'm not attracted to female comedians, and they got a, they got offended. And I go, well, let me explain. When I was growing up, I was light speeds ugly, like really, really, really shitty ugly. I, I empathize, right? I was a fighter, so I never got my teeth fixed. It would have been a waste of money. Um, I just was horrendously ugly, right? But all I had for the ladies was my humor. Like I was the f- always the funniest guy in a room, right? By miles, unless I was in there with my brothers. My two brothers are fucking hysterical. Yeah, that's the thing. My brothers are funnier than me. Right? And that's it, right? Yeah. But they just don't they have... Just, they can't perform it. They don't, ha- they don't want to perform it probably, right? So, but they're funnier than me. So I all I had was my humor. Now, I can be around a female who's got a great sense of humor, but there's a difference between a great sense of humor and being extremely funny. So if I'm with a girl that's f- like really funny... Then I'm like, well, what do I have to bring? Because in my mind, I'm still light speeds ugly. And all I have to bring to this relationship is is funny. I mean, I still have my big dick, but it, otherwise... You do have that. <laughs> you do have that. Which, sadly, took it nine times already during this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm resting the microphone on it now. I, now I, yeah, no, I, I can't say the same. Like, I've been attracted. To me, it's... Um, I, so, uh, for example, I always want... Like, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a stuntman. Like it's like I a did weird, too. Yeah, I was. I had remember this, the show, The Fall Guy. Yeah, yeah I used to yeah, love yeah. that show. Uh, Lee Majors, yeah, Cole, yeah. Cole Seavers. There was a. I remember there was a music video for one of McDon- one of Metallica's songs. Metallica, Metallica's song. <laughs> the Irish band. <laughs> I see anger around my head. Under uh, your bed. <laughs> but uh, I think it was um, one of whatever one of the songs they did the stunts for their music video they did their own stunts for the music okay. video and they would like Lars all like dove, dove through a window and like whatever all these things and I was like fuck that's cool I met a girl who was a stunt person and because I, I have somebody used to run the walls and do moonsaults and like backflips yeah, and, yeah. and I was like I met Which this you person still not to cut you do like 
some of the craziest shit in the ring. Like you do, you don't look like you could pull off a fucking no. extremely yeah. well backflip and stuff. And but you really fucking nail. It's very my, impressive. My friend's kid is a gymnast, okay. and she did a uh, a back handspring, and it okay. was like crooked. And I'm What's like, a no, back handspring? So back handspring is basically like when you you almost you're as if you're going for a backflip, right? Yeah. But you use your hands as a brace. You kind of pop off your shoulders, which is where the spring comes from. Right. You're using your shoulders to pop you up and then land flat back. So okay. your feet are together. And she was going over a little crooked. I'm like, you're going a little crooked. Like, you should be looking back. Like, don't be afraid to look straight back. And she goes, what do you mean? And so I just did it. <laughs> and she looked at me and she went, what was that? Like, she, because, like, my gut fell out of my shirt when I did it. Like, it was like, it was like, it was awful. Like, I, but I did a, a, a I, I'll pretend it was perfect, but it's not perfect. It was just straight. It was straight yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, just look back. I'm like, trust yourself. Like, you have the, the height. And so she ended up doing it. And it was like, oh, you know, that's great. Uh, but nobody expects that out of me because I'm also right. I'm also. Have you ever seen me at shows? I'm not like a run around energetic. Like I'm very low key. I am. <laughs> I'm sitting. My legs are always crossed. I'm just a fat piece of shit. <laughs> but then uh, I think actually John Ziegler. I surprised him too because I'm actually surprisingly quick, and no one expects that out of me. Right, comedian and, uh, John Ziegler. A comedian John Ziegler. And uh, I was talking about how you can go from standing to like a sidearm triangle standing. And it's like you just yeah. pushing the trap, and I'm like, look, you just pull on a tricep, and he's like, wow, you really? I'm like, yeah, like I know what I'm doing, like I can actually wrestle, and uh, <laughs> people are like, wow, like people get surprised. You're also smaller than the average wrestler, meaning that you wouldn't expect you to do not only the flips but the strength. Like I'll be talking to somebody at at one of the clubs. And out of nowhere, I'll just get lifted up like a baby from uh, behind. Yeah, uh, by your armpits. By my armpits. I call like, it Simba. What the fuck? <laughs> just when you Simba people. <laughs> <laughs> if you walk up to somebody and you're like a strong enough person, you can put your hands in their armpits and just pick them up. Like, so you extend your arms. I'm like showing Mick the visual. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. But you extend your arms over your head. So you're picking them up like, like, like Rafiki, uh, Rafiki picked up Simba. Simba yeah. So I, I just Simba people. So I Simba like Dennis Rooney, uh, who's like a real. Jesus, what, 6'2"? He's it? like six. He's probably like 6'3". Yeah, 6'3", almost 3. 300 pounds? Yeah, but I can, I can press him up. And insane, people just stare at me like, what the? It's like, yeah, Rooney's a big boy. But the problem, like, but it's also like people pick up, right? Like, if you told me to move sheetrock, like, I would, I'd oh, struggle. Okay. I'd struggle okay. because it's not, it's body, it's muscle memory. Muscle like, memory, yeah. I understand yeah. how to pick people up. I don't understand how to pick up other okay. things, right? Um, so that's why. It, it's just, I'm one of those people that you would never expect what I could do. I, I have a shirt, a t shirt I sell on uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash team tremendous. Called uh, it's just better than you think I am. It's just a I think I've seen that. it's just a stupid slogan that I put on right, a shirt one right. day. But it's that idea of like, wait, like hold on a second, you can do. And it's like, yeah, that's the that's the cool thing. I, things I can't do uh, make money. Apparently, I'm, <laughs> I'm broke, uh, but everything else seems to be pretty. But with good. with the comedy shows canceled, how far advanced are your wrestling shows canceled? I up until June right now June as of right now yeah well so I was at uh, Wrestlemania is at the was is the end of March beginning of April so it's that week so Wrestlemania is like an event and of course it's like the Super Bowl of wrestling right right but imagine if the Super Bowl had like miscellaneous minor league football games going on around the same time that drew yeah, huge yeah, crowds yeah, yeah, so that's what Wrestlemania does it brings in these events um like a Just for Laughs comedy festival has like the main show and then right. subsidiary shows around new, it. New faces, they call it, which is basically open mics. Yeah. So that is essentially what it is, except that you can have, you know, I wrestled last year. I wrestled, I'll say in New York, I wrestled in front of 
Probably like, I had like a, a hardcore match in front of like 35, 4,000 people. 3,500, 4,000 people. Nice. And you're like, oh my God, like that's crazy. WrestleMania was supposed to be in Tampa this year. Uh, and I had three shows. I had a comedy show. I also had, um, I do interviews for a company called High Spots Wrestling Network. Okay. And I interview rest, I interview wrestlers and other wrestling-oriented people okay. um, on the show. And so I had those interviews lined up. I had like six interviews lined up. So I'm, it's a lot of money. <laughs> like I was, that was a lot of money. That's my mortgage. My mortgage payment yeah. was that weekend. And I we found out two days ago, three days ago, that WrestleMania has been canceled in tampa and they're moving it to host it only in the performance center so wait so wrestlemania the event is not canceled the the show is not canceled okay. the event is so where are they going to have the show though uh, at a performance center so, so WWE no has, longer, so you, they moved to open top arenas yeah they moved how from many a years football ago? stadium maybe yeah 21 was it wrestlemania 21 or maybe no that, i mean now. they were i mean pontiac silverdome silverdome they did in in, in uh wrestlemania 3 right? wrestlemania 3 and that was a huge arena so this is wrestlemania what 30 because i kind of bailed on it nah, I mean, you know i kind of went back into it when i when i befriended mcfoley and uh you know and i got and I then I kind of like I had kind of pretended to be into it more than I was, um, just so I have some because we me and Mick Foley we drove around Ireland together and he talked about wrestling and I kind of wanted to be, you know I didn't want to yes into like yeah 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 oh yeah that you want to be aware of what he was talking yeah about. yeah you wanted to be kind of in the loop almost or read the cliff notes of it so I, but so it's what WrestleMania what now thirty five I guess I don't even know thirty five I don't know the numbers so so where are the they're going to perform but is there going to be an audience no. Wow, really? Yeah, it's really fucked up. That's going to be weird. They've made no... it two nights long now, uh, and they're doing no fans. They can't do fans because of the the way it worked. Of course. But it was like, it was like a huge thing. Like So uh, one of the things we do is called WrestleCon. It's a company of yeah. high spots, right? Puts it together. Like they, up until I think yesterday, they were still on the hook for the hotel bill. Because they signed a contract that says, yeah. like, well, we're still willing to host the event just because you can't anymore because WrestleMania moved. That was like $130,000 they were on the hook for. And you're like, that's just one of the hotels. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's crazy. Like, this whole thing is like, it's shut down uh, life for a lot of people. Do you think that the WWE should have maybe pushed it back? Postponed Here's it? a problem. I know it's March and it's like, but like if if the Pope can cancel. Well, here, right. Here's <laughs> the issue like, that they have. Guys, Jesus is not coming back this year because of the coronavirus. Fuck it. But he, here's what I'll say about this. The issue isn't that they couldn't have postponed it. They could have. The issue was when were they going to do it? And they had no answer. And when they have no answer, in their okay. perspective, they're like, what are we doing? But they have a pay per view every month too. They don't have a pay per view every month, and they can they they're already concerned they're going to have to move the I guess it's the June the May pay per view is going to be canceled. They already think the June might can't might be canceled. There's a lot of concern that no one knows how far this is going to go. So when you have WrestleMania, which is supposed to be in this big open air th- stadium, you then need to move it to another and back into that Tampa Bucks Stadium, Tampa Bay Buccaneer Stadium, 
when are they available again? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like you can't just call them up and right. say, "Hey, get rid of that football." You can't game. do it. You can't do it in the fall, right? Because now it's fo- now it's football season. You can't like you end up having a lot of problems come up. So I think that the issue came down to like, well, if we can't run it, we're gonna have to postpone it. And if we're gonna if we if we can't don't know when we're gonna postpone it, we might as well just run it and then make something else bigger. So maybe SummerSlam would be bigger this year, or maybe Survivor Series would be bigger this year. Maybe there's a lot of things that you could do, um, but. So what are they doing with their Monday Night Raws and their SmackDown? They're all being taped from the same performance center so with no the audience, fans. Which the audience is like, I could go to a comedy club and live stream a comedy show right now. But without that audience, man, there's an energy that no matter what. Like, and it's that's awful. Why, but that's why I think of, of, of um, wrestling and comedy. And you would notice more than anybody, but I only notice based on talking to you. And the only other perfect, I mean, I know Kurt, I don't know Kurt Hawkins. You introduced yeah. me to him, uh, Dolph Ziggler, whatever, for whatever those, event, but I don't, but I kind of, the only other wrestler apart from you that I would know is Mick Foley. And from the stories he was telling me when we traveled together, it's like wrestling and comedy are very parallel the in relation to, it's yeah. got its open micers, it's got its guys who are climbing the ladders. The money is shit when you start off. Um, the same shit with hotels. You travel with other comics, you travel with other wrestlers, but like, and the same thing is like, and I had heard an interview, or he told me, I think Mick Foley told me that those open air venues sometimes are harder because when people cheer and scream, noise goes up. That that noise leaves the arena, and the wrestler doesn't get the feedback. That's all, like we live by Nassau Coliseum. Nassau Coliseum is called the barn, and when people when the Islanders were playing real well, it was they were, it was called Rock in the Barn because. They make so much noise there to feel like the building shaking. Okay. Uh, you don't get that in open air. Open right. air goes up. Everything goes up. And same yeah. with it. When you perform at a theater, you don't just, like, if if I was at, which I've done, like, Westbury, which is, I think, three and a half thousand people. I don't know. I could be making that number up. Um, but it's a lot different in a club. Like, your timing has to stay different because you have to wait for that laughter to hit you. <clears throat> well, that's it. So, like, 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 like wrestlers, though, we perform based on the energy we're getting like my show is much better if the audience are into it if the if i see the audience are let's say it's a private event they didn't know it was a comic they didn't want a comic and i go up there if they're giving me nothing i'm not one of those guys who are so professional or dare i say hacky that will just barge through if i want to make that connection with the audience so the energy comes at me is the energy i'll give back so wrestling is similar to that or am i wrestling wrestling's harder like I'm sure, and not wrestling's harder from a re- reaction point of view because, okay, so as a comedian, you can sneak, we can sneak in like a drink when they right. have a good laugh, when they have a long laugh, I can get right. a drink of water, take so a I pause, can, reset, right? Yeah. But all I need is as long as it takes me to grab the bottle, put it to my lips, take a sip, put it back down, swallow, go. Right. Wrestling. You are physically running, sprinting, doing everything, every aerial, acrobatic, whatever you want to call it. If people want to call it fake, that's fine. The end of the day, it's just people are we're we're running, sprinting, we're doing every physical activity in the world you can, and you need what we call the rest break, which is the moment where you can kind of lay there, get your wind back, and then go into the next sequence. Right. How we do that is we get crowd response. If we can get a crowd response, the crowd will carry that moment, okay. and I can get. 30 seconds of breathing. Is that a long time? That is the longest time in the world. You don't even realize how long that feels like until <laughs> you, if you're not, if the crowd's quiet and you're sitting I mean, there. Meaning you'll like, probably do a double clothesline, you knock each yeah, other out. Yeah. Or you Some hit. big moment yeah, where you're yeah, down, yeah. the crowd will chain, holy shit, or they'll start clapping or whatever. You'll do a big move that looks like, and probably does, injure both of you guys. Right. Right, okay. And there's, there's also moments where like as a wrestler, like 
you take a move and you know it hurts. It hurts a lot. And wrestle, and, and you need that moment of like, ah, give me a minute. So, so the, the heel or whoever, the bad guy can go like get the crowd to boom. Right. So you can get like your wits about you for a second and you're back in the game. And it's 10 seconds maybe, eight, okay. seven, 8 seconds. It's really not that big long of a time, but it's long enough that you feel like, okay, I'm good. Okay, let's go. Now take that away. Take it away because there's no crowd. There's no one to heckle to. There's no one to work yeah, to. Shit. So now you are compressing everything. You're running the risk of injuring yourself in front of zero people, and no one's going to appreciate it. People wow. watching at home or passively watching. There are people who are watching and glued in, but like TV net, TV shows, like TV networks hope people leave the channel on and just go do other stuff. That's what they want because people, wow, yeah. advertisements and... You know, the more viewers who are tuned in for commercials, the more money they can make from commercials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they don't want an active, like, flipper. They want someone to have it on passively and just have it on. Um, you lose that ability. You lose that ability to take that break, to take that, quote-unquote, drink of water, that right, sort of right. moment to to relax, to get back into it or calm yourself or reset yourself and go again. Um, and you, your adrenaline wears down when you don't have anyone rooting for you i mean i don't want to go too much into wrestling because there's some people that genuinely like wrestling but let's go back like to the history of 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 at least wwe how many great matches were only made because of the crowd right like hogan, hogan and rock. andre hogan, hogan and rock. rock was my next one right yeah hogan rock i think it was nothing crowd. without the crowd yeah that whole thing where they had that stare down that looked for a thousand hours and they would rock would look off to the left then he would look off to the right and while he was doing that Hogan would go the opposite direction and I don't even know that if that was planned that was just so and you couldn't have that wouldn't have been a match without the crowd here's what I want there's two there's two isn't that an anniversary now of the rock and Hogan I don't know uh, I don't know I don't think I know about dates I barely, I barely know my middle name some days um, here's what if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to get an example of what I'm talking about uh, look up Hogan Rock WrestleMania. 18. Whatever. You yeah, can just yeah. put that in. It's only one. Uh, and then watch it on mute. And then tell me I, that it okay. feels the same. I get it. There's also a thing, something called Creed Shreds. <laughs> so what it is is only when the camera's on each of the things, they play the instrument that's on. So it's just I'll show it to you in a while. But like, <laughs> watch Creed Shreds. That's the atmosphere the ring sounds like when they're wrestling. It's just wow. when something's there, you hear it. Otherwise, you don't. And then now you can understand how awkward it gets. And now you're cutting promos. And the thing about cutting promos are talking to the crowd, right? Now you're talking only to the home audience. Except you need a microphone because that microphone is translating into a soundboard that's going to the right. camera. So you're talking in a microphone it's gonna to echo. no one. It's going to echo. It's just awkward. I think they've, they've worked on the reverberation so you're not really Jesus. hearing. But like... Imagine having a, a one-on-one conversation with somebody and then having to hold a microphone and give it to somebody in front of you. And like this... Yeah, yeah. You know, this moment's a podcast. I'm well aware it's being recorded, but like... But those big WrestleMania moments now are going to be like wasted. You know, like someone returns. Because it's that pop, right? When someone comes back who's been this out year was for years. Edge's and, first, ma- first real oh, match okay. back. And he had Edge, retired yeah. in 2011. And then you have Brock Lesnar wrestling. You have Goldberg wrestling. You have all these big names wrestling for zero people. It's almost like, did you ever, um, did you ever Google, uh, go onto YouTube and watch... The Big Bang Theory without laughter. Without laughter, yeah. That's it's what I, so awkward. Because that's the word It's so uncomfortable. But that's the thing. It's not... It, honestly, I'll say this, whatever. I'm not trying to shit on Big Bang Theory, although I'm not a fan. But 
it's not funny without that crowd. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Those I'm, moments of like awkwardness, like where someone makes a face, it's just like, well, that's it. That was well, did face. you ever did you ever go to a bathroom at a comedy club and the speakers running in and you don't hear the laughter, you just hear the jokes. You and hear like the laughter. Weird. Sometimes you'll hear the laughter of like the front row. Maybe. And that makes it even worse to me. It's even worse to me because it's just like I hit, you hit this big joke and all you hear is like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing. It's one thing if like you don't hear laughter. It's not thing if you hear like one person like. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. It's like when you got McGuire's, you just pee in McGuire's, and you you can't hear the crowd right. where the men's room is, and that's sort of the you just hear it a bit. Um, all right, man. I guess we'll we'll leave it at there. Uh, I I hope things pick up for everybody's sake, and especially for you, since you've got two careers you're trying to manage that are all only based on if a crowd turns up for wrestling and of course comedy. Uh, where can people find you? Sure. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Dan Barry, T H E D A N B A R R Y. Don't put Barry. I know I have somewhat of an accent. Um, and then you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, T E E S on that dot com slash team tremendous, all one word, all lowercase. And you can get some of the merch that we sell on t shirts and stuff like that. And um, otherwise, you know, stay home, wash your hands, <laughs> don't be a piece of shit. All right, man. Thanks so much, guys. Check out Dan Barry. Check out his wrestling on YouTube as well. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Uh, thanks again for listening, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Any comments, concerns, send them to my Instagram, Mick Thomas Comedy. We'll talk to you again soon. Send nudes also. Also send nudes. I'll pass them on. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Good luck to you. Be safe. Love one another. Be healthy. All the best. It's the Mick Thomas. Mick Thomas Podcast Show.